everybody. Welcome to the Hallmarkies podcast. And we are the City Girls. That's our new name for our <laughs> Just Like That and Sex and City podcast we're going to be doing. And we are talking about the fourth episode of And Just Like That, uh, which is our sequel to Sex and the City. And uh, it's always a ton of fun to talk with one of my friends. <laughs> I am Phil to Rachel Wagner and Jax is here. Um. Yeah, Rachel, I'm excited that we're officially the city girls now. Yeah, I think it's good. Let us know if you hate it. If you hate the name, let us know. But I feel pretty good about it. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, even though that's like a villain in Hallmark World, the city girls, you know. (laughs) Which actually (laughs) makes this whole thing even funnier. Yeah, great. And as we always say, this is a more mature podcast. If that's not your jam, if you don't like R-rated material kind of a thing, this isn't for you. We literally post every day. So there's plenty of other stuff to listen to if you don't like that. So yeah. To- Rachel's working her took us off to create lots of content that is G-rated that, that anyone can listen to. So yeah, you can skedaddle. Uh, if this one isn't for you and there's plenty you can listen to. Exactly. All right. So this episode is called some of my best friends and it is, as I said, the fourth episode of this show. And the summary is looking to move forward. Carrie meets with self-made real estate broker, Seem Patel. Meanwhile, Charlotte plans a high stakes dinner party for uh, LTW as Miranda and Naya connect over the f- frank realities of motherhood. Uh, so overall, what did you think about this episode? This one hands down was my favorite one in the series thus far. I feel like we've hit a groove. I feel like this is what I was expecting slash hopeful we would see in just like that, the old flavor of what I liked about sex in the city with some of the more modern feels. And I I really, really liked this one. How are you feeling about it? Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think partly because I don't know if you agree, but I think it's clear that Charlotte is the best character in the show. Like, and this was her up really her episode. And I think, I don't know, she's just the most like real to me, the most, interesting the most funny I just think she's the best character in the show I one love Charlotte and two I am very invested in her budding friendship with Lisa Mm -hmm. who I think is also hilarious and I think the two of them have this really great honest dynamic where they're both so similar but yet they're they're navigating two very different worlds as well. And they're trying to bring each other into those worlds. And I think that is so funny. They're playing so well off each other. So yeah, I, I like where I want to see more of this. And, yeah, and, great too. and her, for lack of a better word, her woke conflict in this episode is like totally legit that I think anybody could like have that conflict you know it as opposed to some of the other conflict we've seen that was so obviously trying to apologize for the show this is like legit conflict that almost every probably every mom sort of wonders about and deals with uh first you've got the sort of planning of the botany activity 
and all the work that goes into that. Uh, and then somebody else is planning a backup activity, just hoping that you fail. Uh, that's frustrating. And also I feel like, I feel like for me in, in those kinds of groups, even though I'm not a mom, uh, that I usually end up having just do everything. (laughs) And it's like, why am I even in a group if I have to do everything? (laughs) Well, and I love that one that you clocked that, um, they are sort of hoping she'll fail because Charlotte has this perfect persona, except for Lisa, who is very quick to point out that Charlotte does not drop any balls and they will in fact be doing the botanist. And I was like, that is a true friend. Yeah, Cause there's Deidre who, who suggests going to, I forget what she said. Like a zoo, something a with zoo yeah. A shelter or something. Fun. Yeah. It did, it, oh yeah. It did sound fun, but yeah. you know, they can, they can do that another month. It's not going anywhere. Uh, but, but yeah, so are we supposed to believe that Carrie had her old place, uh, but was just like subletting it or something like that? Okay. So here's what I thought. And it actually worked for me. I don't think she was subletting it, but I think the fact that big is so rich, I think they kept that apartment as like a for posterity thing for Carrie. Like, don't sell your old place. It'll, it'll be there if you ever need. Like, they didn't get around to selling it, slash, kept it. Be- almost, I, I know this sounds weird, but when you have that much money, it's almost as like this thing of like, why get rid of it if we don't have to? You can use it as a writer's retreat. You can do whatever. I don't think she went there often, but that's what I thought when I, when she went home and then when she woke up there. There was, I mean, it seemed like a place that had been sort of deserted for a while. I mean, the coffee maker hadn't been used for a long time. Everything had dust on it. So yeah, I guess they're just super rich. They can have a New York apartment. It's <laughs> just sitting there unused. Uh, she tries to make coffee. It overflows. Uh, just nothing quite going right. And then when she uh, she she steps out in the uh, sort of petticoat skirt and striped shirt, that felt very old school to me. Yes, I love that look. She was also carrying a New York or nowhere bag, and I have a New York or nowhere. Um, sign in my bedroom. I love that oh, company. Fun. They make great stuff. And absolutely, Rachel, I just was, I was getting excited. And that was, that was a huge moment for me that I was like, okay, we're back. Yeah. Yeah. So then we have, uh, we also see Carrie in a white shirt with black circles on it and a big hat and chunky jewelry. So we're starting to see more fashion. The previous two episodes, the previous three episodes had been kind of weak when it came to fashion. But I thought this stepped it up quite a bit uh, with fashion. And uh, Carrie is working with this uh, real estate agent named Seema. And I really liked that whole interaction. I thought it was very good uh, because Seema is kind of showing Carrie all of the dating apps. She has got like 15 dating apps and 
And she, uh, she says that, uh, you know, that she admires her for that. She keeps going out there and keeps trying. Uh, and I thought when later on in the episode, uh, she says, maybe there's a part of me that doesn't feel sorry for you because at least you found the love of your life and you had him for a bunch of years. And, uh, and, you know, she says, when you said, it's great. You're still putting yourself out there. Like I could have seen that as being insensitive. And so, and I think that's so true that like, without necessarily realizing it, uh, married people can be kind of patronizing to single people. Uh, and, uh, and it can be frustrating. And I've actually found oddly enough, some of my friends who got married later, who you would think would be super like understanding are sometimes the most thoughtless whereas I feel like my friends who got married very young are, are more like uh I don't know are just sort of more they've been so far away from that whole world that they don't feel like oh I mastered it or something whereas I feel like sometimes my friends who get married later are like I figured it out and you didn't kind of a thing if that makes sense well actually that makes a lot of sense and I think that take is really fascinating and I can imagine frustrating because what an interesting thing to note that I haven't thought about is that, yeah, people who got married way earlier, they know they're removed from the game, but it's almost like other people saying like, oh, I played this game and I won, keep playing. And um, I love that you brought up that point when, Sima does say to Carrie that she was hurt by what she said because Carrie can be very self-centered and I love that Seema called one called her on it and two that Carrie actually took that in and that's when their friendship really began I thought it was a really beautiful moment and it made me a little made me a little teary I really liked it and I feel like you don't see characters like Seema that often on television the both seeking out and not jaded towards love, like positive and everything, but also like confident and strong. And, you know, like usually it's sort of one or the other, the person's just like a complete mess and everything, or, you know, bitter. And, and the, she was like an interesting mixture that, that I feel like kind of is where I'm at, you know? So I, I related to the character. I thought it was good. So you think that she does have that hopefulness and you share in that hopefulness. Yeah. Just the fact that she continues to be on the apps and continues to, you know, try it out and everything like that. But also there's like a little bit of a, uh, a little bit of a cynical side to her as well. I know she was just an interesting character. I, I, you don't see single women portrayed like her very often confident, but still hopeful, but still also kind of acknowledging, you know, that, she's an older single I don't know I just felt like it was a very authentic that's the word I'm looking for a very authentic character well written yeah and I hope we see a lot more of her ho 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 we'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast it's the Hallmarkies Patreon do you love Hallmarkies podcast especially at Christmas do you enjoy the holiday previews recaps interviews and bonus episodes if the answer is yes, please consider supporting the Hallmarkies Patreon. We need your help to do what we do both during the Christmas season and all year round. 
But not only do you help a podcast led by strong, independent women by becoming a Patreon, you get to become a part of the Hallmarkies family. Starting at only $2 a month as a patron, you will have access to our Facebook Patreon group where we talk about the movies, shows, and more all year. We also have many monthly patron watch-alongs with guests like Lacey Chabert, Natalie Hall, Paul Campbell, Mary Lou Henner, and more, giving their behind-the-scenes details of their films. As a patron, you also have the chance to provide input into the podcast and even join us at different tiers. So this Christmas season, spread some cheer to the Hallmarkies Patreon and become a member today. You won't regret it. Go to patreon.com slash Hallmarkies to learn more. That's patreon.com slash Hallmarkies. And I thought on this episode, of course, I love our, our three, you know, like, but I love that in this episode, we got to see Carrie with Seema and that budding relationship. We see Charlotte with Lisa and what's happening there. And then we see Miranda with her law school professor, Naya. And that is interesting to me too. I feel like the dynamics of these individual friendships are actually working quite well. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think it's kind of strange though with Miranda because they just spent this like leaving on a cliffhanger as far as her and Jay and then she's not even in this episode except for in this podcast like really at all and so that I felt like that was kind of weird that like the very next episode she's spending the whole time with the professor so what what are they building for Miranda are they building a relationship with the professor they're building a relationship with Jay maybe both I don't know like that's a little bit strange we don't have that many episodes only 10 we're already four in so <laughs> really you don't have that many. Uh, so I thought that was a little strange, but I did think it was the strongest of Miranda's episodes, even though I haven't really liked what they've been doing with that character. I did think that the conversation between, I think her name was Nia, right? Or Naya? Anyway, yes. the professor, yes. the professor, the conversation about motherhood was very authentic. And I think a lot of moms and mothers would relate to what they were talking about, about uh, you know, that's the greatest thing in the world, but it's also like, it kind of becomes your world and, uh, you, you wake up and you see this person that you've created that's hundred percent worth it. Uh, but, uh, that there's always going to be roads not taken. There's always going to be that, you know, for, for a child, it's just an incredible responsibility. And so she's on the IVF, but she's feeling relieved when it doesn't work. Uh, but, um, I, but then on the other hand, I also feel like having a child is, I mean, I don't know, cause I don't have a child, but I would think having a child is the kind of thing that nobody feels like they're quite ready for. And then you do it and most people, you know, do a great job. Um, and, uh, so you kind of just have to jump in a little bit, a uh, little bit into the cold water. Yeah. I, I also not having a child, I would agree with you that who's really going to feel prepared to do it. And if you do feel prepared, you're probably not actually prepared. You know, how can you, I do say, um, didn't get enough Che in this episode, but did love the beginning. And I also am so obsessed with Ali Stroker. Um, she plays Chloe in a really small part in the beginning of this episode. Love her theatrically. She's a great theater actress, but then also she did um, Only Murders in the Building. Yeah. She is so 
funny and wacky. I just want her to be in lots of things. Yeah. So she's demanding that Carrie get her Instagram stats up and basically her social media stats up. And she evidently had a relationship with the, uh, I think his name is Jackie. Yes. Um, and I'm, I can't remember, I think I can't remember his pronouns. So excuse me if I, I said that wrong, but, um, but anyway, that's, that's what I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know either, but that's, I, I was, I thought it was he, him, but if it's not, let it, you guys let us know. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, it sounds yeah, like yeah. they did have a little tete-a-tete. <laughs> <laughs> that's very good. Uh, I mean, I, I would think that most people, as I think Shay says, like would play the dead husband card. You know, that most people would be more understanding if your Instagram stats aren't super high when you've just been dealing with the death of your husband. But, uh, but yeah, I, I hope we get to see more of her. I hope that's not just a kind of a, a one-time thing. I hope we get to see more of Allie because I love her as well. She's amazing. Yeah. Um, so most of the episode was spent with Charlotte trying to host this dinner party and I think it was a little bit funny when she's like rescheduling her Harry's colonoscopy. Like it's just (laughs) get your colonoscopy people. It's really important. (laughs) My dinner party. Yeah. (laughs) A new friend. Right. And so she wants to impress Lisa, but then she realizes that all of her friends are white. And that is that going to be awkward for Lisa and her husband? And then things get at, she ends up changing things around. And was if she invites Deidre and she also invites the, the people in her building that she hasn't seen in two years, the Jenkins. That was so funny. I really laughed. I was rolling when <laughs> she showed up at the Jenkins door and Ms. Jenkins was kind of, I didn't catch her first name, but was like, yeah, yeah. cool, cool, cool. Well, yeah, Charlotte, we will hang, but like, what is this? <laughs> yeah. And she was wearing a very strange shirt in that scene, this weird, so it was a purple gingham with this, like a wrap shirt. It's like, what is this? I thought it was the strangest shirt, but, uh, but she it says- she says we have you know harry says we haven't seen them in two years the jenkins is like but we lost a year to covid so it doesn't count <laughs> charlotte's not even gonna mess around with that She's like, i don't hear you harry i don't hear you yeah that was funny and i also liked that deidre's husband is named joff yeah <laughs> not jeff <laughs> Yeah. uh and so then would, that woman is so put together like it was just like of course you're married to a, a, a joss who's yeah. equally put together and fancy yeah and and then so charlotte and harry end up going to lisa's house and they're the only white people at the party and she's like have you read all the books on that book list that was funny and i just love harry so much he was great in these <laughs> so. that line where charlotte well, she's going through all the stuff with him she's correcting him on the pronunciation for zadie smith right walk in and when charlotte 
misidentifies that woman. Oh, yeah. And then it's that beat and Harry says the line about, has anyone read Zadie Smith's new book or whatever? Oh my gosh. Yes. That is why we really love funny. Harry. Because everybody loves Harry. You cannot yeah. love Harry. Right. He's so charming. I agree. And, and, and then Charlotte ends up becoming vindicated because when they're, and they're at the dinner and uh, she well first she's embarrassed a little bit or a little bit embarrassed to say she's a homemaker and and uh and but then the mom which she obviously shouldn't be but you know it'd be easy to be a little bit a little bit embarrassed in that situation or a little maybe embarrassed isn't the right word but just um intimidated I think maybe is the right word but anyway and then her Lisa's mother-in-law is criticizing all their art and so then charlotte steps in and is like no this is great art this is great this is great this isn't telling all the backstory and all the everything to all the art and uh and that wins her over to lisa there that's i think cementing their friendship i that for me was a huge chef's kiss moment in the episode because as you said it really cements their friendship but it lets Charlotte be able to talk about something that she's positive about and she's feeling good. And then it uplifts Lisa in front of her mother-in-law. It's so it's a win-win all around. I thought it was it was a really, really great scene. And then to see the two of them, Lisa and Charlotte having this really cute, sweet, little huggy, affectionate moment, I just thought was really wonderful. Yeah. And the only my only nitpick with that whole scene was I really hated her dress. It was this beige with like the deep scoop neck. And I just thought it was so unflattering and just bland. I didn't like the dress. You know, what's interesting that you say that I, I wasn't a huge fan of the dress either. And I thought it with was a bow a, on it had a white bow. Yeah. I thought it was a curious dress for Charlotte to wear to that dinner party. Given the fact that look, I'm not even really I'm not really prudish about the way I dress or the way I think other women should dress but I do think it was an interesting thing to wear to a dinner party where you were going to be meeting someone's mother-in-law for Charlotte it was a pretty it was a lot of cleavage for Charlotte Mm. yeah yeah it was a lot of and I just thought it, it would have been okay if it had been a color but it was just such a beige color and then if they were just trying to make her seem more white or what <laughs> but <laughs> we'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast it's the hallmarkies merch store are you looking for that perfect gift for the postable hardy or hallmarky in your life what about getting that t-shirt or hoodie that will help you stand out at your next holiday party now is the time to check out the hallmarkies merch store full of festive designs by artists like jessica miller Carry from Walmart Comics, and more. You can even have more than just shirts, but totes, cell phone cases, notebooks, mugs, and more. And it isn't just Hallmark. We have designs for Anna Green Gables, Man from Snowy River, The Nanny, and more. Every purchase at the merch store goes to help support the podcast and allows us to make the great content you know and love. There are frequent sales, so go to tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies or see the link in the description. That's tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies. I have a question for you, Jax. In our friendship, are you Thelma or Louise? Okay. Thank you for asking this. Can I just tell you something really shameful? 
And I thought you might ask me this. Um, <laughs> I, I, I bad news because as we, you're gonna gonna like this, the film critic in you. I've not seen Thelma and Louise. <laughs> well, I actually, I can't judge you too hard because I actually just saw it for the first time a couple of months ago. Uh, another show that I do called The Criterion Project. Uh, we actually did it for the Criterion Project a couple months ago. And uh, basically you can answer the question, are you, are you Susan Sarandon or Gina Davis? I think you're Gina Davis and I'm yeah. Susan Sarandon. I think so. So you're Louise, right. I'm Thelma. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's actually accurate to the characters as well. <laughs> but you should see it. It's actually quite a good movie. I can't believe I have it. It's one of those that there's there's no reason I wouldn't want to. Wait, which one am I then? I'm Susan. So you're Sarandon. Louise. And you're Thelma and you're Gina. Yeah. Correct. Yes. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's accurate. All right. I'm going to watch that with that lens now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and people should check out the Criterion Project. It's a lot of fun. Uh, but um, uh, so then Carrie finds a card from Stanford in her house, in the big house, and saying he's going to Japan, uh, that he's going to be managing a TikToker. And then she talks to Anthony and he says that Anthony and Stanford are divorcing. And I was kind of hoping because he had been in the previous episodes that maybe they'd gotten more. So we were going to see him throughout the season, but it sounds like that's not the case. And I guess you kind of have to have them get divorced because you can't just have him like disappear. That would just be weird. But I don't know. I, I, I wish they had come up with something that felt a little more positive because it feels like it, it, I felt like it was a, a little bit negative, you know, with the fighting and with... The, the the antagonism between him and Charlotte uh, in the last episode, I, I I was of course very touching uh, their words to Willie Garson, but I don't I wish they had come up with something different for Stanford to end out his run. Yeah, in fact, when I was watching that one, I wholeheartedly agree with you, and I felt a little bummed. But two, I also heard you in my head and I thought, Rachel's going to be really bummed with this. It was like, oh no, she's going to want better for him. And, and so did I. Yeah. You were accurate. Yeah. <laughs> I totally agree. As my Louise, you were accurate. <laughs> uh, so then that's when we get... Uh, we get a really good conversation between Charlotte and Lisa about the race uh, party situation. And I feel like, again, this was handled so much better than any of the other kind of attempts so far in the series to handle or to sort of modernize the show. Everything else has felt kind of clunky to me, if, if outright just not great. Um, whereas this, it felt like this could actually happen. I could actually imagine two moms having this conversation, dealing with this situation, feeling this awkwardness, trying their best to do the right thing, to be considerate, knowing that the other person was trying their best, but it's still awkward in all of that. I just felt like it was by far the most authentic uh, depiction of these issues that we've seen in the show. 
Yeah, it really resonated with me even on a personal level because I think when we see their in their mom group at school, it is a very racially diverse mom group. So that's its own thing that they're not worried about. They're not all best friends, but that's how they met and came together. And that's not even something you have to worry about. But I've noticed this with um, Black friends of mine. Most of us have met through acting. So when we're hanging out when we're on a project, um, it's, nev- it's never been a thing because we're all working on a show together or something. So we're socializing in the group. And then one time I had a really great conversation with one of my friends and she was saying she she noted this and said it's so interesting you know when we're when you invite me to hang out you know we're we're in predominantly white spaces and when I invite you to hang out we're in predominantly black spaces and it's the thing of merging these two groups if you want to or if you have a relationship that is just a little bit lots of friendships are even more based on just the two of you hanging out and going on and on little dates and stuff but I've been lucky to have a conversation very similar to this and it really got us to a deeper place in our friendship where we got to delve into that a little bit and I thought that was great because seeing that represented on screen in this way that felt very authentic where both people could be honest with each other without feeling nervous or judged and have it be something that was on both of their minds I felt was really great and showed how much they really care about each other. Yeah. And they say then, and just like that, we began our real friendship. And I think that that's true because it's a tricky thing because you, you do have to make kind of an effort to diversify your friends group. But on the other hand, like we can only control who are our friends to a certain degree, right? You're just friends with people who want to be friends with you and you can't like plan it and orchestrate it. And it has to be authentic, right? Um, and so that's the whole funny thing with whole Jenkins thing. <laughs> it was just funny, you know, cause it was so forced. And uh, I mean, so it's, it's kind of like pushing yourself out of your comfort zone, but then also like acknowledging that you're just friends. You are two friends with who people want to be friends with you. Like you cannot force it. So, yeah. And the funny thing is it's like, if Lisa would have come over to Charlotte's for the dinner party, and Deidre was there, I think Lisa would be like, I mean, Deidre's fine, but like Lisa doesn't really want to hang with Deidre. So like, yeah, Lisa doesn't like Deidre. Yeah, at all. (laughs) She's like, why would you do that? Yeah. Sorry, what? I think it was great that that it got to shake out the way that it did where she gets invited into Lisa's friend group a little bit more, meets more of her family and her close yeah, friends. Yeah. And then hopefully the same thing can happen with Charlotte. And then who knows where it will go from there. Yeah. Agreed. Well, uh, let's talk about some of the fashion. I did think that Miranda at dinner, her hair looked really good. Yeah. 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 I didn't write down her fashions, but I thought that, that she looked the best that she looked on the show with the gray hair and everything. 
Yeah, um, actually, I think she was wearing like a sort of like casual but nice jumpsuit to that dinner. And that worked for me too. Like her whole dinner look, her dinner vibe, the mm-hmm. conversation. I was like, okay, this is the Miranda. We yeah. Made. Yeah. I mean, my favorite look from Carrie of the night was probably this kind of ombre-ish sort of outfit uh that went from kind of blue to orange uh that was uh it was a dress uh, but it had orange and blue sleeves and then it kind of ombre down it was really it was a very cool look with um uh the gold i think the same gold platforms that she'd worn before and a hat it had like a straw kind of looking hat that was i think the best look of the night hats she's good yeah she loves hats i forgot was she always big hats or is that something new well, i can't I remember i think it's something new yeah i feel like it yeah uh-huh and you know of course she tells seaman no one touches the shoes um we see her in a multicolored dress with a uh, like a thick belt and it's like diagonally striped on top regular stripes rainbow on the bottom that was a pretty good look and there was a matching jacket his um, matching jacket would be too much, but somehow it wasn't. Especially mm-hmm. she was, again, I thought of you talking about the death peloton. Yeah. yeah. And then when the peloton kept coming back. <laughs> I was like. Not think of you. I'll never not think of you. <laughs> But uh, uh, did you have a favorite look? Actually, yeah, it was the first one that you brought up. It it um it, it not only was the look, but what it represented to me of her old life and how I feel living in the city when I go back to different neighborhoods I lived in. When she had the I always said that word wrong. Uh, tool tool. Yeah, right? oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tool skirt, the striped sweater. The New Yorker nowhere bag. Oh, that was fun. It 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 was just it was old Carrie. It was like the manic pixie dream girl, but all grown up. But also, yeah, just it it felt really magical to me. And the fact that she went to her old bodega and that, and it, it just seems like some of that magic is coming back. So for me, it was definitely that outfit. I want that outfit. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, and then Charlotte, like I said, she had the weird gingham shirt, which I didn't like. And then the beige dress that I didn't like. Uh, but she did have one outfit that was a, it was a white with black and, uh, and blue flowers on it. And yeah, white shirt with blue and black flowers, a white skirt and a blue belt that she wore after she uh, wears the strange king. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, she that... needed, we needed a palate cleanser after that. Game. <laughs> yeah, it was so bad. yeah. And, uh, and so then we also had, let's see here. Um, we had the, the white shirt with black circles and the hat uh early um and then let's see here long great dress beige dress sorry 
Um, we had her for the end of the episode. She was wearing a like a cold. Carrie was wearing a cobalt cobalt blue top with a kind of a tealy skirt. Uh, and they, you know, they're definitely trying to have sort of more bohemian look. Um, and then she wears a, uh, it was a gray dress with orange fringe uh, on the dress. So there's that one too. And a blue jacket. That's the bohemian look. I think that's the one you're talking about with the, where she wears that, yeah, that big skirt with the big pockets. That yeah. was, I liked that. Yeah, that was interesting. Um, so yeah, I think that this was a good episode, uh, because you had Seema and Carrie and you had Lisa and Charlotte. I think those are really solid. And like the Miranda Naya part was pretty good. So, uh, yeah, I think that that made this one, there was nothing that was too cringy (laughs) in this one. (laughs) And you know what? I, I know that, you know, whether people, I think that the the reception on the show, some people like really love it. Some people don't like it so much, but I do think that if people stopped watching because they didn't like it, I would encourage them to just jump on in with this episode. If they liked the original sex in the city, I think that the rest of, the first three episodes got us maybe where we need to go to set us up for now we can just continue along this show and hopefully the stuff we didn't like about the first three won't keep weaving its way yeah. back in. does that make sense yeah no i totally i hope so and uh we've gotten over some of those uh, apologies hopefully and also hopefully some of those things like having to work in Willie's passing, having to work in Samantha, not being there, you know, just some of those things. Now we're, now we're completely hundred percent new show. Uh, and uh, so I think that that will help too. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I'm more excited about the next six episodes than I think I was even for the launch, because I feel like we're in a good spot now. Agreed. Agreed. So next week we will be on hiatus while I'm traveling and we'll cover the next two episodes the following week. Uh, So look forward to that and uh, let us know what you thought of this episode in the comment section or on Twitter. We'd love to hear your thoughts. And Jax, how can people find you? Uh, you can find me at Jacqueline Collier on Instagram at Jacqueline C tweets on Twitter. I will be watching Thelma and Louise within the next <laughs> week to be caught up for you. So I'm gonna do that. <laughs> Very good. And you can find me at Rachel's reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. So please check that out. And also make sure you're following the podcast, a home Marquis pod and home Marquis podcast, all of our social media. And if you are listening on iTunes, please leave us your ratings and reviews, especially for this new show. We sure appreciate it. And if you are watching on YouTube, please give this video a thumbs up and subscribe to our channel. We appreciate that so much. We also have our Patreon group and merch store. Take a look at all that in the description and we hope y'all have a very, very happy, happy new year, Merry Christmas. And I will talk to y'all later. Bye everyone. (laughs) 